Happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season, with leaves that do not wither. Everything they do shall prosper. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you as we do each week to be here in this place with us this morning, and we trust that you have kept your promise and are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I will never forget the last day of August in 2018. 2018 seems like a hundred years ago, doesn't it? But on the last day of August of 2018, Grace Anglican Church, which had been meeting for several months under the name Grace Anglican Mission, had their very first parish picnic at Cherokee Park. I say they and their because instead of our, because I was only scheduled to start work at the church the next day, September 1st. We were going to have our first Sunday service again in the park on September 2nd. I tried to verify all of this by looking back in my calendar, but it's not actually there. See, I was actually technically still working for another church on the last day of August, so my attendance at this picnic was officially unsanctioned. But we went anyway. I think I left it off my calendar so that if I needed to, I could deny it ever happened. Now, I hadn't been part of any of the previous meetings, so this parish picnic was the first time that I was with the group, the group that would become all of you, as the person who would become their pastor literally the next day. And I'll never forget the excitement that was in the air that evening. We were starting a new church. I was going to be the pastor. It was going to be so amazing. It's a funny quirk of my preaching career that Psalm 1, which we read this morning, has come up on a couple of occasions as I have been starting new ministries. And I've used the opportunity on a couple of occasions to make a corny joke in a sermon about how I was going to emulate Psalm 1. I remember doing it for the first time in Yuma, Arizona at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. I read Psalm 1. And I told the people with a wink, I swear, that it described me. Happy are they, like me, I said, who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor lingered in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seats of the scornful. Their delight, like mine, is in the law of the Lord, and they meditate, like I do, on his law day and night. I then did the same thing at another church several years later, promising them that I was like a tree planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season with leaves that do not wither. Everything I do shall prosper. Now that was the feeling in Cherokee Park that last day of August 2018, that everything we did would prosper. The future looked golden. On that day, I might have been the perfect pastor. It's true that some people at that picnic already knew me, but some didn't. And they probably had really high hopes. 
Oh, well, right? Because the problem, of course, with such promises and such feelings at the beginning of a ministry is that you then have to begin actually living life together. The glorious sheen of what might be gives way to what actually is. I know I've referenced it before. I use it as an illustration in the exploration class. But one of the greatest opening scenes in movie history is from a film called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, when a character who is standing naked and catatonic in a hotel room explains in voiceover that when you're young, you could be anything. You could be Einstein or DiMaggio. But then... There comes a point where what you could be gives way to what you have been. You weren't Einstein or DiMaggio. You weren't anything, really, he says. That's a bad moment. When what you could be gives way to what you have been. That's a bad moment. That scene came into my mind as I realized that Psalm 1 was in our lectionary this week. And I remembered that parish picnic before my very first Sunday. And then it was only hammered home all the more when I read read our assigned gospel lesson. Matthew 22, we have a lawyer from the Pharisees asking Jesus a question to test him. Which commandment is the law? In the law is the greatest. Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. One of the other lessons assigned for today, one that I didn't even choose to include in the leaflet, is from Leviticus chapter 19, which puts some skin and bones on these great two commandments elucidated by Jesus. This is what Leviticus says. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice, you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Maybe you're not like me. But when I read passages like this, Matthew 22, Leviticus 19, I go catatonic. Clothed, for sure, but catatonic. Just like the guy in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I cannot hear these readings without being brought face to face with how I'm not loving the Lord my God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and how I'm not loving my neighbor As myself, these words, you shall not hate anyone in your heart. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge. You shall not render an unjust judgment. These verses show me the difference between what I might have been and what I am. They lead me to a bad moment. 
when what you could be gives way to what you have been. That's a bad moment. When you realize the difference between who you are and who you ought to be, that's a bad moment. When the hope of the last day of August 2018 about what kind of pastor you might have turns into, well, turns into this, that's a bad moment. But, but even though it might be a bad moment, It's a bad moment that can and does lead immediately into a good moment, a great moment, into the proclamation of the good news. Now, these two pieces of scripture from the Lord through Moses in Leviticus and from the God man, Jesus, in Matthew 22 are designed to bring us to a bad moment. That's the intention. There's this incredible story from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, in which the people ask Ezra the scribe and Nehemiah the governor to read to them from the books of Moses. They ask to hear the law read to them. And so Ezra and Nehemiah bring out the scrolls of the law And they stand in front of this big square, which is full of people at a place called the Water Gate. And they read from the law all morning long. And I want to read just two verses to you. This is Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 8 and 9. They read from the book, from the law of God clearly. And they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. And hear this. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. What happened to the people of Israel in Nehemiah is what happens to all of us when we hear the law read and when we understand it. We break down in tears. If we were, those of us gathered in this room this morning, truly attuned to our sinfulness, our eyes would have been full of tears this morning after I read the gospel from Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. We should weep at how short of that mark we have fallen. When what you could be gives way to what you have been. That's a bad moment. When you understand the difference between who you are and who you ought to be, that's a bad moment. When you realize that the perfect new church you thought you were starting has become a church full of desperate sinners, that's a bad moment. When you realize that your pastor isn't always or even very often a tree planted by streams of water, that can be a bad moment. But we don't just weep, do we? We have a better response. We can repent. 
we can cast ourselves once again onto the feet of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, because that bad moment is the exact moment into which Jesus comes. The bad moment for us is a gospel moment. Listen to St. Paul writing to the Romans. Therefore, he says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And now listen to this. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died. For the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps he allows, for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for us in that bad moment when what you could be gives way to what you have been. When the church you hoped for gives way to the church you have. Yes, that can be a bad moment, but that's the moment in which Jesus died for you. And hopefully... That's the moment when the church you have becomes the church you need. The church that will proclaim Christ's perfectly timed death to you. There's a reason that at the beginning of every single service, when we say the summary of the law, these exact verses that Jesus says to us this morning, we follow them immediately with Lord have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. It's reminiscent, isn't it, of the tax collector that Jesus uses as an example, looking up to the heavens and beating his breast, saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. When we cry out to the Lord for mercy, he has mercy on us on account of Jesus Christ every single time. Jesus says it was that tax collector who went home justified. Before we knew each other well, we might have been the people that God calls us to be. We might have been just judges. We might have been people who don't slander our neighbors. We might have been loving with all of our hearts, souls, minds, and strengths. We might have avoided taking vengeance. We might have never borne grudges. We might have been people who loved our neighbors as ourselves. But now, 
We know each other for who we actually are. Sinners in desperate need of redemption. In this world, when what you could be gives way to what you have been, that's a bad moment. But it is not so in Jesus Christ. In Christ, when what we could have been gives way to what we actually are, that's a gospel moment. That is the moment into which the gospel is proclaimed. That is the right time at which Jesus died for you. We are sinners, yes, but we are saved sinners, redeemed by the death of God's own son. And in that redemption, there is actually new life. And in a resurrected life, there are miracles. We are promised miracles. We can be just judges. We do avoid taking vengeance and bearing grudges. We do find that we actually have love for God in our hearts and souls and minds. And we find that we love our neighbors. We are sinners, yes. But we have been made new. We aren't a perfect church but we are a gospel church. We aren't perfect people, but we are gospel people. We are redeemed people. And because of that, because of Christ's finished work for us, we actually are a tree planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season, with leaves that do not wither. On account of Christ, everything we do, sourced in Him, shall indeed prosper. Thanks be to God. Amen.